When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Post Questionnaire. 35 questions giving us insight into what makes creative people tick. Hi, Caroline. So uh, I'm really excited to uh, talk to you about today's episode, which we recorded before the pandemic and the necessary social protests in the wake of the killing of George Floyd. So we did this, I think, maybe in the winter of 2019-20, something like that. That's right. And, um, and we, we emphasize that because the world has changed so much since we spoke to several of our guests, including the one that, uh, whose episode we're introducing now, who is just one of the dearest friends of my heart and somebody who even before he and I were friends, I admire, admired immensely. Uh, the fashion designer, performer, uh, New York Times bestselling author, Isaac Mizrahi. Uh, he lives in the village like the two of us. He is a New York character, a New York presence, and he's somebody who is enviably brilliant at every endeavor he seems to try. He had a major fashion label for a long time. He essentially anticipated the whole genre of reality TV with this film that was made about him in the early 90s called Unzipped, uh, where a documentary uh, film crew followed him during the, the making of one of his collections. He um, still sells Isaac Mizrahi brand clothing on the QVC Home Shopping Network and has some um, bricks and mortar deals, I believe, with Macy's and, and one other store. And uh, most recently, he uh, was the author of a beautiful memoir that both of us really loved called I Am. And I'm delighted that he agreed to speak to us, but he and I have spoken, he's one of the people besides you who I've talked with the most often during the pandemic. And um, I know that he's somebody who uh, would have given probably some different answers or would have wanted to talk with us about, about George Floyd, about Black Lives Matter, about what's happening in the world today. And again, um, the conversation we had with him feels like now it was uh, taken from a very different period in our nation's history. And the, the, the podcast, what we're trying to do, sort of people tell you what they really care about. Um, and some of it is very strange and sort of things, something you maybe didn't like this morning and other things, they're kind of more lasting values and deeper. So I think even listening to Isaac right now, I think you'll learn more about a person who's so well known from Project Runway, from television, from the media. Everybody has sort of at some point or other bought something by Mizrahi design probably, but Mm -hmm. you'll discover something. And I think why we wanted him on the show is because he's so creative uh, active in so many different fields and has inspired so many people and uses his platform and his voice and visibility for so much good. So I think that's really a key of the guests we choose. And we think there are ways to change the world and make it better. And Isaac is one of those people who really believes that, right? Yeah. Oh, he absolutely is. And, um, 
and is a delightful conversationalist and is wickedly funny. And so I think that uh, I haven't I haven't listened to this recording since we spoke to him in his uh, studio in the West Village, however many months ago. But uh, this was a favorite interview of mine just because he's a favorite person, a person of mine. I'm, I'm delighted that we got him on the show. And we just want to mention to our listeners, of course, most will probably know he has uh, Isaac Mizrahi is actually on Instagram on two accounts. One is I am Isaac Mizrahi. It's the letter I, letter M, which is also the, the title uh, of his memoir is I. And the other one is Isaac Mizrahi NY for New York, which is his commercial Instagram, but it's really wonderful to look at actually visually and in other ways. I'm on Instagram as Uli NYC. I can't even believe I'm mentioning myself in the same breath with Isaac Mizrahi on Instagram. I, have a little, <laughs> I, have a little, I occupy a tiny corner of Instagram. And the Pus questionnaire you can find at pus.questionnaire or pusquestionnaire.net, which is our website, where we have more information about our guests, links to books they've written. So maybe some people have encountered Isaac Mizrahi through Project Runway, but they don't know the memoir yet. It's worth yeah. checking out. And you're on Instagram as well. I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, my Instagram handle is carolineweber2020, and that's the numbers 2020 at the end of that. And I was realizing, looking at my feed just before we uh, started this, uh, recording this introduction, that I have um, at least one clip on my Instagram feed of Isaac performing at the Cafe Carlisle, where he's had a regular uh, performing gig, the legendary uh, kind of mini jazz club in the very glamorous Upper East Side Hotel, the Carlisle Hotel. He's had a gig there now um, for the past many, many years. And he also, damn him, is a fantastic singer and a fantastic kind of cabaret entertainer. And he's worth checking out on Instagram now in the lockdown days because he actually um, occasionally performs with his band by Zoom and puts that recording up onto his personal feed onto Instagram. So uh, much more Isaac can be found on Instagram. He is also my great curator of Instagram. All of the funny links that I ever receive about silly animals or silly clothes or silly people tend to come from Isaac. So I recommend his feed. Um, and whenever the lockdown ends and if and when our world ever um, gets back to something like what it was before the pandemic, I imagine that he'll be performing again at the Cafe Carlisle, and that's really a worthwhile performance to see. Uli, you and I will, will go together to the next Fantastic. one. It's great. I'm happy to hear us doing it on Zoom because also a word to our listeners, we're recording this on Zoom. So if we sound tinny and not perfectly professional, that's how it is because we're living in a lockdown right now. And we recorded Isaac in his own studio, which we were so happy he's invited us to because it gave us also a glimpse into how he works, where he lives, um, uh, the dogs he lives with, the people he loves. So in some ways it was really nice. And it actually we were willing to do that and we could have gotten a better sound effects probably by being in a soundproof professional studio, but it would have not been what we want from these interviews to turn this into a conversation and to have a connection. And so that's what we want listeners to have as well. While we couldn't take you into that studio and you can't see it, I think you really get a sense of Isaac being in his home, in his element, and being willing to talk to us on this personal level. That's right. Yeah. No, just such a fun interview, such a fun and lovely, wonderful human being. So on to the, on to the podcast. Welcome, Isaac. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having us in your beautiful studio. Today. Thank you. I'm happy to have you here. 
I will start. Um, the first question on the post questionnaire that he answered when he was 15 is, what is your idea of perfect happiness? My idea of perfect happiness is, is being with my dogs, right? That is just a kind of perfect happiness. But, you know, as I age, I notice that it is not... It's maybe happiness is the wrong word to use because there is a kind of obsession about these dogs and about yeah. their well-being, you right. know. And I feel maybe not exactly happy, but most kind of at peace when I have like my dogs in bed and everybody is sort of fed and they've taken their pills and everybody has done their <laughs> stuff and they're all kind of just lying there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel very happy and, and relaxed and at peace. But then when I'm at the theater, for instance, all I think about are these dogs and how I better get home and it's been very long and the play wasn't worth sitting through because I just want to walk my dogs. Yeah. Right? And you and I yeah. talk about that all the time, like the, is it worth it to be away from my dogs for right. however much time? And, and also, you know... Um, I'll tell you the opposite of happiness, the despair that I feel about things like when Dean, for instance, who's aging, is losing the use of his hind legs. Aww. And it's terrible. Oh, it's absolutely terrible. He can't jump up anymore. He can't jump on things. He can't do it anymore. And like, you know, he, he's, a, he's a big eater. He loves his meals. And he used to do this hilarious like jump thing when he was like about to be fed. Oh, yeah. And now he doesn't jump, but you see him trying to jump. Like, <laughs> He wants to jump, which Aww. fills me with happiness, but it also fills me with despair. Yeah. So it's the opposite of happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. And Maybe then just this... to get the get both dogs' name recognition, Kitty is the other Kitty dog. Kitty is. I mean, she's in her prime. She's like yeah. just about four, and she is like the happiest girl in the world. And like a gazelle. And a gazelle meets, meets a butterfly, meets a you know, meets a border collie. Yeah. yeah. She'll be hopping for a long time. I feel she like. will, and she has these long legs. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter if she can hop; she can just kind of. Yeah. Pose. She just poses, right, exactly. <laughs> Isaac, what's your greatest fear? My greatest fear? You know, these questions are like just the, the questions I ask myself all the time. <laughs> so I don't even have to think about these questions, you know. Um, my greatest fear... I try fear, to avoid these questions. <laughs> exactly. all no, this is all I, I think I about. I can see you just like settling in. Like, right, oh, okay, well, that one. Yeah, that, that old one. chestnut. That, that old chestnut I was um, thinking about five well, minutes ago. Well, you know, my greatest fear is... Uh, is, is being taken from mad, not being understood. Oh, okay. That is literally what I have nightmares about. As a kid, I used to sort of have these episodes whereby I would be like falling backwards into an abyss. I swear to God, it was, it was called, I think, like panic, maybe. Yeah. But I used to panic that people wouldn't understand me. And then, of course, as I would get more and more hysterical, they would understand me less and less. So it was like a self-fulfilling thing, yeah. like a self-fulfilling yeah. version of madness. Yeah. And I literally choke up just thinking about like being taken for mad because it's a Ooh. terrible, terrible fate. Yeah. Could you imagine? No. Those movies where people no. are admitted into like Fogg's Asylum or something. Those like 19th century. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Never, never. Oh, woo. Yeah, never exactly. to be heard from never again. Never to be heard from again. Yeah. No, luckily that. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that <laughs> happening to you. Um, uh, okay. What is the trait you most deplore in yourself? Well, the trait that I most deplore in myself is this inability to kind of like sort of be in the moment. I'm always like either in the past or kind of like planning, mostly planning and fe feeling anxiety about the future. Mm -hmm. That's really where I am the most. I don't really dwell in the past, but I wish that I could be in the moment. I feel like if I could do that, I would sleep better. I would like, 
not be so addicted to tranquilizers. You know, there'd be a lot of things that would improve a great deal in my life. And do you feel like being with your dogs, that is sort of one of those times when you can kind of be you know, in the moment? I always feel that about oh, mine. Oh, yes, absolutely. When we're together, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm not tranquilized. But <laughs> <laughs> so hard but, to judge whether it's the tranquilizers or the dogs. No, but you know what I mean. Usually yeah. when I'm with my dogs, and it's like, it's funny. It depends on the amount of time that I have with them. You know, like if I'm in Bridgehampton and I have like two nights, yeah. it's better than one night. And three nights is incredible. Four nights, I'm like, okay, let's get back to the city. You know, seriously, <laughs> Thinking a little about bit, leaving those dogs. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. no, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> I doubt that your answer will be the same uh, for this one as for the last question. What is the trait you most deplore in others? Um, I think the trait I, I, I most deplore is, like, when they smell bad. I just hate people who smell bad. That's horribly judgmental. But if someone gets close to me and they smell bad, it's like, get, you have to, I can't, and you just, I, I never know exactly what to do about it, you know? Assault on your senses. Yeah. yeah. That, and also, like, being boring. I just think that boring people are just <laughs> The first one you can fix more easily. Right. Well, oh, you, can you? Can you, can you really say to wash, someone? But yeah. can becoming interesting is much But harder. can you tell a person, like, you smell really bad? You, can't. you know, like, it's you have really, really bad breath. Yeah, yeah. Friend. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, so yeah. many socialites who eat too little socially. that will like you know undergo constant ketosis. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, yeah. like, oh god, please, lady, just eat something I besides know. besides like a vodka soaked cotton ball. Ew. Yeah, right. Ew. Oh, <laughs> I love you pointing at me. <laughs> right? No, we've because all been we there, all girl. We know her. We know her. Okay, sorry. We definitely yeah. know her. Um, here, of Proust, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we've got so much Proust to get into today. Which living person do you most admire? Living person, I would have to say um, Mark Morris. Yeah. I most admire Mark Morris because he's such a great artist and also he's so insane, you know? And he also just lives in this world of his own making and he doesn't, he doesn't make any apology for it at all. I did this talk with with Christine Coulson at the Met mm. the other night and we were talking about maybe taking questions from the audience and she was like oh god you know they're always so inane you yeah. know and I was like yeah that kind of it's kind of true right and then and then I said well if you were Mark Morris you would just say that's a really stupid question I'm sorry I can't answer it not even I'm sorry he would say that's a stupid question I can't answer are there any better, better ones you know and he'll just say that because that's who that person is yeah. no apology nothing and um, and and also he's just as crazy and nutty as everybody else, you know. So so there. And he's not worried about being. He doesn't taken care. From that. Yeah. No, he doesn't care. He's also like hugely, enormously fat right now, and like nice. he doesn't give a shit. It's like he just buys new clothes that fit, you know. That's, it's unbelievable. That's, I love him for that. Yeah. I literally love him for that. That's awesome. Um, what is your greatest extravagance? My greatest extravagance, I have so many. You know, I'm beginning to think it's dishes. I buy like an enormous number of dishes, a lot of dishes. I'm not, I buy like very large sets of dishes. Like if I'm going to buy a set of dishes, it has to be like two dozen, you know. And I don't think I've ever had 24 people at once. 
But I feel as though I need, and just in case, like yeah. there's one night where I actually have 24 <laughs> people coming over. So you have several sets of dishes. I, you know what? I don't even have that many sets of dishes. My mother has so many more dishes than really? I do. But I feel like it's a growing thing right. that I'm obsessed with. I think maybe I think maybe the answer to the question is like material objects. Okay. I just I'm so stupid. Like I want to sell. I just want to get rid of everything, and I can't stop buying things. You know, yeah. it's a sick thing. It's a crazy thing. Yeah, I don't even like things. I, it's not even. <laughs> by the way, I'm not buying. You know, like I'm not buying Degas drawings. You know right. what I'm saying? Something yeah. you'd like dishes. to have in the house. Exactly. Yeah. It's like dishes and little pictures that I like and painters that I follow. You know, what I mean? it's just. Stupid. Stupid stuff, stuff, more and more stuff. Yeah. yeah. My husband, whom you know, uh, always likes to say that from an economist's point of view, if you're bringing one thing into the house, you have to take one thing out. Ooh. And I remember it rocked my world when he first told me that. And of course, I still don't live Ooh. by it. But every now and again, right. I look at how filled to the gills all the rooms in everywhere I live are. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm not following that principle. So maybe that's a way to try. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I think, I mean, you know, that's, it doesn't exactly answer the question. I think my greatest excess is like what stuff, just stuff, stuff, you know? And if you're Robert, Couturier, like, you know, you're talking about like some, a Vigée Lebrun. Like, exactly. Yeah. A Vigée Lebrun or like a, you know, like a 15th century Sphinx or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. Like a, right? Right. Like a revival Sphinx that is on his lawn. I mean, that's not stuff. That's like that's valuable, crazy, great stuff to have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, he's the model. And I think that yeah, maybe yes. we buy because it looks so good on him. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're exactly. Right. For me, like another pair of clogs. <laughs> exactly. Is not really another pair of clogs. The same effect. Right. Okay. Maybe sorry. Maybe get you closer to it. Mm. pair of clogs. You're next. Oh, what is your current state of mind? My current state of mind, sadly, is one of anxiety. And it always is. I think anxiety... Is that a good answer? I think anxiety is my the greatest motivator in my life. Both, like, anxiety... Because I think when I'm really afraid of something, it, it motivates me to do it, right? And also, um, it kind of stops me from doing stuff you know i think it's like the one mm-hmm. the anxiety about everything makes me makes me live it makes me live it's a terrible thing to say but it's the truth yeah. but it's good at least it motivates you also yeah it's not right. paralyzing only no it's not only paralyzing um it's not only paralyzing it's the op- it's the exact opposite of that it's like it mobilizes me mm-hmm. and it stops me in a good way mm-hmm. you know i think mm. anxiety Yeah. What do you consider the most overrated virtue? That's a really good question. The most overrated virtue is sort of, um, oh boy, maybe we have to get back to that one. Mm. You know, I I was going to say loyalty. Loyalty is an overrated virtue, but it's not. I mean, and by the way, that's why we love our dogs. Right. Because literally you could replace the word dog with loyalty, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) But... I think the most overrated virtue is like that kind of understanding that you get from people that you don't need. <laughs> Can you put that into a, is there a word for that? What do you mean? Like a kind of a like a kind of a condescending Yeah. Like accommodational condescending. Accommodational kind of like, you know, love and acceptance. Like, but I know real. you're having a hard time. But I'm right? there for you. I, I mean, you. like, I wish, I, 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 I wish, you. I wish, I, I wish I'm there for you 
you could say as a verb, like you could say as like that. Right. Is there a word for that? Right. Like, I'm there for you. That's the most mm. overrated Like, thing. superficial supportiveness. Exactly. Mm. Or even, like, supportiveness. I don't need to be support. I don't want support. Maybe that's it. Maybe supportiveness. Mm. Okay. Oh. Seriously. I actually get that. I mean that. It's yeah. like, you know, supportive. What does that mean? If you buy my shit, then, then I love you. <laughs> but if you tell me that you understand me, you know, like, unconditionally, you'll, that'll never be true, you know? Right. And so that's a lie. I think, I think supportiveness is my answer. And it's know? also so, I'd support anything you do, but the, if you do something that's wrong. Exactly. How about actually saying that's, that's really right. wrong? So that's the, right. So this kind of blanket supportiveness is... Blanket supportiveness is overrated, I think. Okay. Yes. You're right, but it is highly rated, but yeah. It many, is. So, yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, also, you know what else is overrated? And this comes from that play is like, um, you know, feeling when you perform with feeling or you write with feeling or something <laughs> or you cook with love. That's all bullshit. That is overrated. It's called yeah. It's Here, called, studied, you can either do it or you just can't do it. Right, exactly. <laughs> It's called the heart function on Instagram and Facebook. Support, love, empty. Right. Facebook yeah. is oh, overrated. I, I heart you. You're like, you did something horrible, ridiculous, and, and important to me, and I'm still going to approve of it. And it right. comes off a slate of emojis, that <laughs> yes, heart. You exactly. know, how specific can that be? Yeah. No, wait, listen, so maybe that's it. Maybe Facebook is the most overrated well, thing. <laughs> not a virtue. <laughs> it's not a virtue, right. Okay. And they're not our corporate right, sponsors, right, so that right. works okay. out Okay, well. yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> On what occasion do you lie? Let's see. On what occasion do I lie? Um... Sometimes I lie to my mom because, like, I don't think she would know the difference between the truth and a lie a lot of the time because she's, like, really old and she doesn't <laughs> know the difference between a lot of things. But also, you know, my mother is really charming and really smart and really funny, but she lies, you know? And so I just, I don't feel any compunction about lying to her sometimes. Like, oh, I can't come because I'm out of town. I mean, you know, I'm like literally in a car outside her house. <laughs> you know? And I decide, like, I can't visit her. But she's looking so at your I just car go, and right. it's a, like a potted so plant. she's lying or... and going, yeah, it's fine, darling. I know. How's Have a California? great time. Right, exactly. <laughs> I support you. How's California? Yeah, Lily right. and I are supportive of that. <laughs> yeah, so I don't mind lying to my mom. Is okay. that okay? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what do you most dislike about your appearance? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. Most everything. But oh, I really no. don't like I really don't like my body anymore. It's just a source of constant. I mean, I never did, but now I look back at pictures of myself and it's unbelievable how thin and fabulous I used to have this cute body, you know. But you might say the same thing about you now, 20 or 30 or 40 I know, years from now. except that's pathetic. Because <laughs> well, no, although I, we've read your memoir. And actually, this has been like, it's not. Oh, that's right. You exactly. think like, oh, I was 31 and yeah. everything was perfect, right? Not the biggest surprise. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Not the exactly. biggest surprise. Yeah. yeah, I hate my body. I just don't like my body. Yeah. Uh, which living person do you most despise? That's easy. Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah, that's a one mm-hmm. one word answer. And he's doing a good job getting into this questionnaire so many times. Yeah, he I is. know. He's exactly. really working oh, hard. He's working right. really hard. You can't avoid it now. No, it's the only okay. thing anybody thinks. But. Yeah, no. And he does he like his body? I, how could he? I, he uh, likes everything about himself. Yeah, that's puzzling. Yeah, that is puzzling. Yeah. Um, 
It's too easy. That's too easy a question. The person I most despise is Donald Trump. Yeah. For every single reason. Yeah. 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 There are plenty. Um, Mm -hmm. What, and these are kind of, Uli and I keep talking about whether we should modify these for the sake of 21st Mm -hmm. century sensibilities, but the next two questions are very gendered. Okay. Right. Uh, That's fine. I love gender. (laughs) Night of a Thousand Genders. Um, What is the quality you most like in a man? I like funny men. I like people who make me laugh. Period. Like, if someone makes me laugh, it doesn't matter, really. That's the most attractive thing to me about a man. What is the quality you most like in a woman? I would say the same thing. Humor. Yes, humor. I mean that. It doesn't... See... That's another thing you can't fake. That's right. When you're boring, it's actually, I think, those things you cannot pretend to be funny. And the the other thing is, I am willing to put up with a lot. If If someone is amusing, if they're funny and also clever and they're erudite and they know stuff. So they can rob you, take it I don't care what they can talk about me, they can conspire against me. Not be supportive. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't need your support, I need you to be funny and interesting. You know, like, start there. And then we'll get to loyalty and then we'll get to love and then we'll get to deeper, deeper things. Mm. Like, Feelings, you know, but start with like things that amuse me because otherwise I'm out. I like just put air quotes around feelings. <laughs> oh, one of the great jokes oh. that ever. I interviewed Conan O'Brien about 10 years ago no for way. my show. Yeah, yeah. And he is crazy and he has a crazy relationship with his mother. And you know, that the, that Irish sense of that incredibly dark sense of humor. I think that's Love. where he gets it from. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's what he told me, like my mother used to say to me, oh yeah, Conan, I love you. <laughs> that Air quotes be, around that's love. the funniest thing in the world, right? Like, oh yeah, Conan, I love you. I mean, that is crazy, right? Wow. That is- wow. Oh I thought my mother was yeah. like, uh, you know, s- s- sarcastic and so complicated. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if your mother tells you "I love you," that is like, oh, that's like the opposite of con- unconditional love. It's like, oh god, air quote love. No support there. No air support. quote love. That's support funny. Yeah. Uh, which words or phrases do you most overuse? Me? Yeah. Do I overuse phrases? I say "you know" a lot. Okay. You know. You know, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And also I say sort of, because I think it elevates like sort of, oh, that dress is sort of. Oh, I do yeah. that too. I, I discovered <gasps> that awful. doing my other podcast and I thought yeah. I say sort of and I say interesting. Oh, do you? All well, the time. And I sometimes think, is it really interesting? I was just trying to think about it at that moment. Right. But it kept sort coming of, back. Sort of, you know, and sort of. I listened to an interview with Mark Morris yesterday on NPR because of his book. Oh, is it out now? Called Out Loud. Yeah, it's called Out Loud. Okay. Oh. Anyway, and... Um, <laughs> you want to wait? I think just acted out loud title. I never regret us not having a TV camera today, know, except well, now with you. Because, because, yeah. Well, I mean, out loud is a better... Like, for if you're, like, writing about Ethel Merman or something, or I don't know who, but Mark <laughs> Morris. I mean, anyway, so the point is that... Um, the, oh, he uses the he uses the word legitimate or legit a lot. Oh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was an, and he also says sort of a lot too. And when he said sort of like fifteen times, I was like, oh, I say that too. Right, put me down guilty. for that. Yeah, guilty. Exactly. Guilty. Did you tell him about legitimate? No, I yeah. plan to. Though. All right, good. Yeah, he'll you hear. You just it. did actually. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I plan to. Um, what or who is the greatest love of your life? Well, Arnold Germer is the greatest love of my life. I mean that. Also, Harry, my first dog. Yes. I mean, he's really the first love of my life. I mean, he was the great love of my life. He preceded Arnold. He preceded Arnold. I got Harry, and I met Arnold through walking Harry. 
And he was like, forget about it. He was the funniest. I mean, talk about like someone who kept my attention because he was so damn funny <laughs> and so never boring. Like that dog was never boring. Even when he was literally stock still asleep, it was so interesting, you know? Yeah. Oh. So that was the love of my life, really. And you can't even describe it as that because it doesn't even compare to love between humans. It's yeah. a crazy thing. It's like a limb you love or a... You know, a hairdo. You did your hair that day, and it was great. And you're like, oh my god, I'm never happier. You know, when your hair yeah. is good. Oh yeah. Well, I exactly. Don't, I know. Well, me either. Yours is good yeah, right okay. now. I have okay. to tell well, thank you. So is yours. All right. Sorry. Um, okay. When and where were you happiest? I was happiest when I was forty, and I was doing this show on Off Broadway. I was the happiest I ever was. Mm-hmm. I before I met Arnold, it was just me and Harry in the house, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I wrote about it. I bought a toaster and I was like, oh my God, this toaster. I mean, it was this moment where it was like <laughs> the best thing in the, everything was just, it was a great thing. I felt so self-sufficient and so young still. Yeah. And I was at a goal weight. <laughs> goal weight. <laughs> hashtag. Gucci, hashtag goal weight. Everything feels better Actually, in my weight. show, I was taking my clothes off in the show, like changing clothes. And it was like, yeah, I'll do that because my body was cute. Keeping I, it tight. I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. Yeah, Keeping legit. it tight, babe. Legit. Sort of legit. Sort of legit. Sort of sort of exactly. Legit. Legit. Um, okay. This is a silly question for you because I feel like you have every talent, but which talent that you don't have would you most like to have? I would love to be able to dance you know, professionally. Like I would, I always thought that if I had the physique or the body or the knees and the strength and the feet, well, I have amazing feet, but, <laughs> but I would be a dancer. I would love to dance. Yeah. Ballet. Ballet. Yeah. Ballet. I think. Sure. Yeah. It's a bit harder to start over the age of 35, but you can still try. Excuse me. It's hard. It's, a, it's hard <laughs> exactly. to start over the age of nine. I know. Excuse exactly. Me. Yeah. Other people tell us things, and we're like, "Take a class." The other yeah, day, but yeah, not ballet. Do you see John Clifford? His posts. He posts. He's like, I think one of the. Um, it's either John Clifford or Kurt Froman. They're like these archivists of the Balanchine oh. thing, and they posted this duet from Agon, and I couldn't. St- it was these two mm. boys, and I was like, just for ten minutes right. to be able to do that once, wow. you know, once. yeah. Right. Or be Christy Tarlington for 10 minutes. <gasps> right? I mean... Just in general. Just, just in general, general, right? Yeah. Yes. Just to walk around being her. from? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because that's what I'd be if I could be... If, if, I, if I could be one thing, like you said, Christy I would be Christy Tarlington. Yes. Oh, that's great. I'm not kidding. Yeah. yeah. It, I bet it's great to be her. I mean, yes, totally. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> mm-hmm. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? God, I don't know. Can I not answer that question? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Of course, because um, I would say I would lose like 40 pounds, but no, I'm but about to. So, yeah. You are about to. Oh, yeah, what so do you so consider good. your greatest achievement? I think, no, no kidding, the greatest thing was writing this one show I did off-Broadway a couple of years, a number of years ago, 10, 15, 20 years ago, 20 right. years ago. Oh, my God. And the other thing was writing that book. That was an amazing right. thing to accomplish. I didn't think that it would happen. I really didn't think. There were moments when I was like, okay, this is just not happening. What motivated you to write the book? It's a beautiful book. It's Thank you. It's very so moving. It's so very good. poignant. 
And it's oh, and very, very funny. very funny. Well, thank you, thank you. I mean, correct. even your mom and the presence of the, uh, your sister somehow, the whole childhood thing, they're very real. Oh, good. Well, through through the book. Yeah. Well, you know, what motivated it was dinner with David Kuhn one night. He said, why don't you write a memoir? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he was like, you should, and let's take meetings. And I was like, okay. And the next thing oh, I knew, great. there was an offer. So I took an offer. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll do this. And then I started, and I was like, this is never going to... Are these people crazy? I'm never... I thought, oh, this will just be one more thing, you know? And when I took the job, my mom said to me, oh, you have to tell the truth, right? And I was like, okay, get ready. And and she's very, very literate, my mother. She reads everything. And so she understands, like, the standards of mm-hmm. excellence that we are kind of talking about when you talk about writing something, right? And so it was really, really hard. Really hard. Well, the memoir is a hard genre because you don't want to just list dates and things and people. You have to tell a... You have to create a real story that, yeah, that keeps your reader's attention. Yes. Because otherwise it becomes too schematic. Otherwise you're like, and then this right. happened and this Well, happened. wait a minute. What's hilarious is that one conversation I had with my mother over the five-year period that it took me to write the book. And of course, like every other week, she's like, when are you sending me pages? As oh. though we were co-writing this book. Hilarious, right? But then she said to me, I said to her, oh, do you remember like the color of blah, blah? She's like, darling, make it up. It's your book. And I was like, right, of course. You know, but like, she told is you there anyone? The truth. Yeah, no, look where she said that first. But darling, truth is a very, very big definition. Yeah. Truth is a big definition. If the, if it was read to you, then who are we to say that it wasn't read? Absolutely. Voila. Absolutely. Yeah. What you remember. There's that thing about Leonardo um, where he had like a dream about a eagle. Did you ever read that thing? Um, I think it's in the Freud. book. Freud, right. Yeah. And they can't tell if he actually dreamt it or not, but it doesn't matter because he remembers it. So yeah. that's yeah, what yeah. he remembers. Exactly. <laughs> if you were to die Caroline, that was such a judgmental look. <laughs> it was a supportive it was very, look. It was, exactly. It was like, yeah, okay, well, that's getting edited. No, I know. I was thinking about how, when, at one point, you emailed me when when you were writing your book and said something like, oh, but, you know, is it going to be any good? I mean, I'm just a Jewish boy with mommy issues. And my reply was, well, so is Proust. <laughs> so, right. Well, by the way, last night was the Emile Zola story on TCM. I almost called you. Oh, really? I missed yeah. It was like at 10 p.m. or something. Was it good? Starring Paul Muni as Emile Zola. Oh, it's great. Really? It's so great. And does the whole Esther Hazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreyfus Affair. Dreyfus Affair. Oh, my God. And Dreyfus is played by um, that actor that sort of... He's actually loathsome, but in this he's really good. Oh. I mean, he always oh. plays a loathsome character. No, did you ever see The Shop Around the Corner? Yes. That movie with... The, and, and he plays the sort of, like, guy who keeps sucking up to the boss. Oh. He also plays Dreyfus. In this really? Movie. Yeah, I forgot his name. It's like... Oh, well, I forgot his name. It's a German name. Some kind of... Dramatic. Yes. I learned, did he have? Did Zola speak with a lisp in the movie? Because apparently no, he did in real maybe. life. Maybe I don't. You know what? I was, yeah. I was. Yes, it could be. Huh. Yeah, could be. Zola. Zola. Right, Zola. 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 Right. Um, if you were to die and come back as a person or thing, I, I would say just being. Also, any any species, oh. person, any species or thing. What would it be? I keep thinking this. I would like to be a tree. Yeah. We've actually heard that. Be a tree. I know. It's a no, gr- it would be nice. the greatest, greatest. What a service. What a great <laughs> thing to be a tree. You so know? have you read all these new books about how trees communicate? No. It's incredible. I'll send you one. It's okay. Quite stunning. I love it's actually genuinely stunning to discover all that right. trees 
communicate when one is being attacked it actually sends out chemicals and between their roots their ways to traverse and they literally can warn the other trees which will within 12 hours change the chemical makeup of their bark it's really amazing it's amazing that they have ways of communicating and the unbelievable large, and the large because I was like mommy I want to be a tree yeah, and he's like oh you know they have these chemicals they think, that they, right, they can bark. think. you'd be <laughs> conscious <laughs> as a tree you'd actually think be thinking as a tree well yeah. I just think um, to for be better that, and for worse it, you yeah. could also live for a very long time right. I think as a tree right if yes. you were not attacked if you were not right. chopped attacked, down exactly or chopped down or you didn't get rot of some sort or yeah. brooded in a weather event exactly yeah, yeah. what but kind I, of tree Hmm, that's a good question. Probably like a simple like maple tree. Mm-hmm. I love maple trees. Mm-hmm. I really like them. Mm-hmm. I love the whole bark and the mm-hmm. colors and the shape of the leaf and everything. Where would you most like to live? I live where I would most like to live. Mm-hmm. I do. In Greenwich Village. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. And it's terrible because I'm from New York City. I'm from the environment. And I just couldn't think of living anywhere else. You know what's in your book, what's funny, when you what? drive back and forth when you're in college oh, yeah. and you're right. like, wait, you're driving? And it's such an odd experience oh, for the a New York No, you drive no, yourself. I drive. Oh, you drive on and your oh, big yeah. night, the right. first big night, and you drive right. in this hotel room and everything. And there's oh, something God. about this idea of you in this big car driving car. in the morning. <laughs> and you know, because cars in those days were mad. Right. They were huge. They were tanks. And this was like a Cadillac, so it was like a big thing. <laughs> Wow, it was really funny. And there weren't like bucket seats. It was like a bench with like right. a steering wheel. I mean, it was really something <laughs> hilarious, you know? Yeah, but you never drive. You don't really drive now. You no, don't drive yourself. No, yeah. I don't really drive because I had a terrible car accident yeah. about 12 years ago. Yeah, and it was really nearly fatal and it was scary. So, I mean, I drive in, I drive in the beach. Sometimes I drive a mini at the beach. What is your most treasured possession? Right, except it was like so it was like just beautiful. a ring, and then um, it yeah, was just a ring. I've never asked you how did that come? Did well, you design it or not really? Um, I'll tell you what. I I, um, I saw a psychic, an Ayurvedic psychic in L.A., and he was like, "You should start to wear diamonds on a Thursday, right?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." Uh, isn't that so specific? Like any he kind of diamond? Like, this could be any diamond on any Thursday. Just start to wear diamonds <laughs> on a Thursday. So. And then I spoke to Myra, who had also seen this guy, and she said that he told her to wear yellow sapphires starting on a Tuesday or something, right? And she said that her life improved, like, by 30% or something, you know? She got this yellow sapphire, right? And, of course, the joke was like, well, I have a cousin in the here, this, in the next room. I have a cousin who sells yellow sapphires. Right, right, right yeah. But, but anyway, but so I got this diamond, and then... My friend Kitty Hawks had this incredible kind of, you know, gypsy kind of ring, like like just a diamond ring. And she was having hers reset. And she was like, oh, you know. And so I went to the jeweler and I had to make me one. Yeah. So it's and I think it's like a copy of like a Harry Winston or something. It's so pretty. Or like a Fred Layton or some copy of something. But that's the that's yeah. the ring. And did your life improve noticeably? It improved so many percentage points. I can't wow. believe it. Yeah, from that day. And then I met Arnold, and it became. I got one for him, and it became sort of like our commitment ring. Yeah, well, it became our wedding ring because we're married. I by know. The way. We are I married know. people. And yes. you did the stealth marriage. Which we is, did. Yeah. You did too. Yeah. Right? Ish. yeah you ish, did. Yeah. Well, you did it in more kind of 
passive aggressive way. Stealth, but there was a Nobel Prize in it. Yeah, and the, yeah, everybody, yeah, exactly. everybody, everybody knew. Every knew media in the world that uh, Caroline Rupert got made. Right. No one knew. No one knew. So Stealth <laughs> under the radar, and yet, and yet not. <laughs> I have a feeling your wedding was so much cooler. Uh, <laughs> so was it. Okay. What do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? Well, I think the lowest depth of misery is boredom. I mean that. Yeah. Boredom. Nothing worse. Because that's when you start doing really terrible things when you're bored, you know. By that I mean like, you know, drinking too much or, Mm. you know, eating too much or taking too many drugs. Or Or listening to the wrong people. That's right. Yes. Boredom. Speaking with the wrong people. Boredom is death. Boredom equals sign death. Yeah. Uh, What... Is or what would be your favorite occupation, a job or a profession? Well, oh, is that right? Is that the same thing, occupation and yes. job and profession? Well, we think it doesn't have think, to be. Yeah. Someone okay. else said it's not the Palestinian occupation. That was one of our, oh, one, right. one of our, <laughs> our interviews. Yeah. 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 My favorite occupation is the one of Gaza. And he said, <laughs> okay. Dark oh, humor. Wow. <laughs> so you know, like, that was supposed know. to be humorous, by the way. Yeah. I think, like, I love, I mean, like, no kidding, I really like to cook and bake. And if I could, like, I, I don't want it to be a job, mm-hmm. but I would love to just keep baking and cooking as an occupation, mm-hmm. right? And the terrible, scary, sad, hilarious thing, all at the same time, is that I see it as a very stressful, like, it's not a relaxing undertaking. That's the other thing people go, oh, it's so relaxing to oh, make Oh, also pasta. scare quotes. Or right. pasta as well as rum. Right. No, you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you know what it's like to yeah. make fresh pasta. It takes like all night. Right. You have to see this post I just posted about like gravi- about making this ravioli. It's like, oh, this is just a quick little dinner. You'll be eating by one in the morning, you know. Like, <laughs> you know you start making start the pasta noon. fresh yes. and then you have to rest it and you have to knead it again. You have to rest it again. Knead it. I mean, it's impossible. Just go buy the fucking raviolis pre-made. Right. You know? right. but, but the point is that like now my hip, I have problems with my hip from that part Mm -hmm. thank you right and um whenever i cook now even if it's just for myself like the easiest thing in the like scrambling eggs or something my hip starts to freak out because i take it very seriously like if this is not the most perfect yeah because i like food i really like food and i hate when it goes to waste Mm -hmm. and so often when you cook it's just not that good you know what i mean it's like oh this could be better here's what i have to say blah 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 and I'm not talking about the Arnold Germer method of tasting food where it's like, oh, what if this had saffron? And then I go, well, then it would be this with saffron, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what if this had, like, pecans? And you're like, well, then it would be this with pecans. <laughs> but I promise you I went through all the things that I shouldn't do to this, and what? one of them was pecans, <laughs> you know, and the other was saffron, you know? <laughs> but you, does that drive you, you crazy? Oh, my God, that's it's funny. Like, yeah. Just oh. eat what I'm serving you like, because right. it's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? No, that's... Oh. It, and I know... Well, Arnold <laughs> just has never struck me as a passive-aggressive guy, but, like, that is... Oh, that is... God. Right. Like, what if... He's yeah. the most passive-aggressive... Is he really? He's so passive-aggressive. Is he really? Yes. He always seems just so... He's trying to be supportive. He is extremely genial. <laughs> he's here and he is so funny. Yeah, he's and he's so not boring, and he's so not supportive. He is the <laughs> least supportive person. I'm telling you, my husband is does not well, support me for one then. second. Yeah. I don't even think he read my book. Oh, mine didn't either. <laughs> okay, not. Boom. Yeah, boom. I love both of them for I that. Know. I know. Like, do you really need your husband to do stuff? I don't need my husband to do stuff for me to support me. No. No, actually, you're right. Except not be boring. 
Not be boring. And, but also not be passive-aggressive about your cooking. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, that. Yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know. Would you like it with arsenic instead of pecan? <laughs> uh, what is your most marked characteristic? And we think that's what other people perceive about you first. I think they see me as a nervous person. I think they see me as a kind of like jittery, nervous person. What do you think? I would see, I would see, I don't know if this is not, I'm answering the question, but I'm not supposed to. I would think I would see you as a determined person. I'm I'm pretty determined. Oh, funny person. I like that. I try, I try. No, but you also don't need to try. But But also, you know, know, I got to tell you, the opposite of funny is really dark. (laughs) You know, that. so it's like a real both. I'm not kidding. Like, you can't avoid that. I don't think people can avoid that, can you? No. You cannot avoid the darkness. You cannot avoid it. So there you go. That's what I mean by anxious. Because mm-hmm. funny and anxious, you know, yeah. and dark. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You're funny about the dark, but the yes. dark is... The thing I notice about myself when I watch tape of myself, like mm-hmm. in any interview situation or any like, you know, show that I do or whatever where I'm talking, it's always this crazy thing where you go like, well, I love it, but it's shit. You know what I mean? It's like I'm always contradictory. I feel like I might mm-hmm. be very... I, I think people might see it as contradictory, but I don't mean to be contradictory. You know, that's how my mother was. My mother was very like, oh, that's great. And, you know, here's what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's who she is. She cannot help herself, you know. And I think that's the way to be, you know. And by the way, if you ask my opinion, I will tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what do you most value in your friends? Amusing, funny, funny, funniness. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. Yeah, all funny yeah. all the time. Funny and like the ability to surprise me. Because I think surprise is my favorite thing and it's so hard to surprise me. So when people surprise me, I like it a lot. And, um, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be a good surprise. It can be like a horrible surprise. Like they can die. And I'm like, oh my God, that's such a surprise. You died. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I mean it. Like then I really love people when they die. I love them so much. I didn't expect oh, that. Okay. That was such a surprise. Oh my God. Oh my okay, God. sorry. Well, Proust writes somewhere about how one of the things that people are always happy about when somebody dies, that they, when somebody they know dies is, that it releases them from any future obligation to pay visits or <laughs> return. <laughs> like, oh, God! One less email to write back to. Oh, it's so Thank true. God. It's so true. Wow, really? <laughs> That's the funny in the dark. I think it's hilarious. It's so wonderful. <laughs> Who are your favorite writers? You know, the more I think about it, the more I think Mark Twain is my favorite writer. I swear to God, because he is just so hilarious. I mean, so dark and hilarious, you know? Um, And of course, the novels, I'm not even talking about the novels. I'm talking about like, you know, essays and just his idea of what America is, is so fucked up and funny and great, you know? And true, by the way. And he got the the darkness of America. Oh, yes. He really got it. Yes. I love Mark Twain. So he's one of my favorite writers. The other person I think of... Just right off the bat. I mean, I like so many writers. But there are so many writers whose one book I loved, and then it's not so much. But, like, I love... Oh, I can't even say it. It's so stupid. But Dawn Powell. Mm. I really like her novels, and her diaries are beyond. Really? I mean, those diaries, I'm telling you. You got me to read the novels. Forget the novels. Forget them. Because the 
diaries will kill you. And it's like, all takes place in Greenwich Village, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Oh. In like the 30s and the 50s, and it's crazy. And she had this really nutty husband who was always on the couch, like drunk. You have to read it. It's great. <laughs> I mean, there's so many writers I like. Who don't we like? Mm. Who don't we like? I don't like Kurt Vonnegut. Mm. There, I yeah, said, you said it. it. Boom. You said it. There you go. Who, who I don't like? I like a lot of writers, yeah. you know? I don't like magic realism as much as others. Like, I'm not the biggest Gabriel Garcia Marquez fan, even though I read every word he wrote, you know. But mm, I'm also not the biggest, um, oh, what's her name? Um, You know, the 19th century novelist who wrote Emma and... um, Oh, Jane Austen. Jane Austen. Mm, I could take or leave it. And I read every word she wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I read every word of Jane Austen with a dictionary when my English wasn't really that good. Oh. And I don't oh. remember a thing, but I actually looked up every single word in that book that I didn't That's know. That's so sweet. How old I, were you? I had this ambition when I was about 16 to learn English. So I yeah. thought, okay, I'll read a book and I'll look up Jane all the words. Jane Austen. And so I, my vocabulary was fairly expensive at the age of 17. <laughs> with all these like strange like 19th century spellings Everything. of things like exactly. favorite. Yes, oh, yeah. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yes, favorite. <laughs> 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 I'm <very> cross. <laughs> cross, yes. Um, yeah, there aren't, there aren't that many writers. That. <laughs> and weirdly, like, I, when I don't like them, I still read them. Don't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of have to read Just to see even like. if you're right or Exactly, not. Yeah. exactly. I mean, can you, who is your favorite writer besides... I mean, like, we're going to say Proust because right. he's definitely the, my best writer that I I mean it's a crazy other it's an otherworldly kind of thing it's like the bible yeah it's almost not answering the question I know that's right I mean I assume you get that I'm talking now to the actual like apparatus that's taping me like I assume you get (laughs) that Proust is my favorite writer but other than Proust the apparatus yeah Mark Twain yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) the innocence abroad oh yeah I'm just trying to think of like the books that I love of his but oh well go on um well, maybe this relates. Who is your hero of fiction, film, or television? Your favorite fictional character? Mm. I mean, I have a few. Okay. And you know what just popped into my head? You're not going to believe this. Mary Tyler Moore. Because I just oh. love her. And I just love the idea of living in this yeah. like strange little lonely town somewhere and making <laughs> friends and having a great job and wearing all those cute little moderate numbers with your hair done every day. Pussy bow. Exactly. Pussycat bow, please. Oh. Pussycat <laughs> Sorry. Bow. They all get that wrong. They all yeah. call it a pussy bow. It's not. That's a pussy hat. <laughs> but a pussycat bow. A pussycat bow is an invention of Norman Norrell, I think. And it was a big bow and it was called a pussycat bow. Sorry. Fashion vocab with Isaac Mizrahi. <laughs> she didn't wear a lot of pussycat bows, did she? It was a little late for pussycat bows. Was it bows. really? I picture her with the hair. Scarves, the, yes. Scarves for sure. So funny also. That show. So, so funny. funny. Yeah. Why did I think of her? I think well, part of all close heroes. To you, close to your heart. The <laughs> other thing I loved was... I loved... I, Claudius, I loved Claudius. Oh, my God. He was a real hero and such a round, mm-hmm. right? Like, so many flaws and yeah. so many bad things. But, oh, that's a good yeah. one. Um, oh, yeah, you're Which next. historical figure do you most identify with? Hmm. That's a hard one. What historical figure do I... I don't really... No, I mean, I was going to say, like, Winston Churchill to be hilarious, to be funny. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> historical figure that I... That I um, I, lo- I, I as a like to me, Mark Twain is a role model. Yeah, yeah. Is that a crazy thing? No. Or like you know, Cecil Beaton 
even for such terrible right. politics or something, he's a role model. Jean okay. Cocteau is a role model. Mm. Okay. But I'm not exactly sure I identify with them. That would be pres- presumptuous for me to say that I yeah. identify with yeah. them. But I look up to those gentlemen because they were all very kind of like multidisciplinary. Right. Which is another sick, many things, horrible right. thing that I hate right. people say. Right. But oh, but that, yeah, that's the Cocteau... Yeah. You connection. That's right. I think multidisciplinary counters this idea that everybody has to be a brand. Right. So people want you to do one thing, and then if you're not, they have to give you another label, so otherwise they can't accommodate you at all. So if you do more than one and a half things, they think, oh, you must be multidisciplinary. Right. Everybody has many things, usually. I think so. You know, I think so. But the rule is that you can't do more than one thing. And that drives me insane. Because it's not it's a brand issue. Yeah, and, people can't understand that you could do more than one thing. You right. know, they can't buy it unless they think that you've devoted your life to that one thing right. forever. Right. They don't feel it has any value, you know, and that's yeah, yeah. a shame. It's you know, it's a real shame. Main, yeah, very strange. Yeah, I hate that about life. I really do. But it's also so untrue to anyone's life. Anyone. Yeah. You know, it's not that untrue to Mark Morris. He makes up dances. That's or, all he does, yeah, or right? Proust, or Proust, yeah. or like you know Tennessee. I mean, there's a million people who just Tennessee Williams wrote the same play like 25 times, basically, right? <laughs> and they're all incredible. Like, like, no, I'm serious. Like yeah. Richard Serra, like he does one thing yeah, he did on out one of thing this world. Kept on doing yeah. it, exactly, right? it's fantastic. Like yeah, they know um, you that. know what I mean, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, it's like and, having a sign role in a. Basketball or baseball team. That's what you do. Bach. You're the one who yeah. kicks the ball on football. I mean, it's one thing. Yeah. Basically, like, yeah. It's basically... Over and over. <laughs> over. So it's good, though. kind of, but it's so expensive. But, yeah, excellent. no one is also saying Bach was also, like... He's a really good painter, too. And right. And he's a great cook. Well, then you get into the Tony Bennett thing, where he has, like, a show somewhere of paintings, and you want to oh. kill yourself. Oh, yeah. No, no, I know. Jim Carrey's cartoon. Right. Yeah. You see? Well, that's my problem, because I play at cabarets, and people think I'm... That. Right. And maybe I am that, Caroline. Maybe I am. You're all that. Okay, well, thank you. No, but that's why I, lo- I like the beaten and cocktail or answer yeah, for you. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Right. Absolutely. No, and it really is. But on the other hand, a lot of them did many other things. And well, then yeah. you discover their notebooks and drawings. Oh, yeah. and Because we don't like to think of it that way. So yeah. it's not that everybody was even just limited. Or Mark Twain. He wrote novels. He's a novelist. Then yes. he wrote newspapers. Then he wrote speeches. Then and he, he wrote political performed. commentary. He, he, and he, he, he did talks. Oh, he did talks. He's a oh. famous, yeah, the famous end of his life, public intellectual yeah, pub, speaker. Public speaker. Yeah. But in some ways, we want to put him in one box. Yeah. So Mark mm-hmm. Twain, that's Huckleberry, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We can't yeah. think of it any other way, really. Right. It's sort of that these people tried out so many things, and then the one things we remember is... The one silly thing that they ever did. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. maybe not always even the best thing they ever did. Right. Um, who are your heroes in real life? My heroes, heroes in or real heroines? life. Good question again. Oh God, thank you, Proust. Because he wrote these questions. No, right? he just. But it's become associated oh, okay, with him right. because uh, a friend of his. Um, got one of those fancy little notebooks from England. Everything in Paris in the 1880s was very fashionable, but it was from England. Right. Um, and uh, so it had all these questions printed in the front in English, and it right. became associated with him when he became Proust. But. You know who I think my heroes are in real life? I'm not kidding. You know, firemen, nurses, teachers. Right. Okay, that aside, right? But I love museum workers Ooh. because they, like museum curators, museum-like... Hmm you know, editors, writers, etc. because they know how to live, honey. They do not... It's like the Queen of England. You know, 
she does not cut corners. Elizabeth does not cut corners. Mm-hmm. She like adds corners. Right. right. Am I right about that? It's like, yes. oh, no, no, no. Ten people are assigned to this plate and right. placing it exactly right on the table right. next to the napkin and the fork, mm-hmm. right? I live for that. Yeah. I live for that. I always tell Arnold, like, if you if there's a holocaust, like a nuclear holocaust, find a museum. You will be fine inside a museum. You know? oh. I mean that. That's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So I love them because they go, oh, no, 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 no. There's white gloves and there's a person with the white gloves. And then there's a person to approve the white gloves. <laughs> You're right. And yeah. I really like all of that. kind. I like all those steps. Yeah. It makes me feel safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the way they guard and the way they catalog and the way they revere history, you know? I mean it, because without art, I would not know any history, which is probably why my history knowledge is so fucked up, because I know it through art, you know? That's but that, I don't think that's fucked up. It is so. a little bit. If if you could if you knew art the way I knew art, it's, <laughs> it's totally fucked up. Yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't exactly like, like the match. Treaty of Versailles. Right, yeah, exactly. like what painting can you exactly. find? Yeah. Yeah, they had a dinner, great yeah, dinner when they right. signed. There was a good painting. Of it. <laughs> um, what are your favorite names, Isaac? My favorite names. Mm. My favorite name. My favorite name is Julian. Like, I wish my name was Julian. I could see you. I know, right? Julian. I just love oh, it. I love that. I like Julia, but I love the masculine version. Mm-hmm. Julian is such a chic name. I also love when girls are named boys things, like Douglas and Keith. Oh, yeah. And Scotty. Yeah. Like, if I had a daughter, she'd be named Scotty Mizrahi. <laughs> well, especially because it has the dog reference well, as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe Scotty. that's the next dog, but it can't be a Brindle, Scotty. Scotty Brindle Mizrahi. <laughs> no, I do. I love. I love boys' names for girls. Yeah, I knew a really pretty girl growing up whose first name was Hunter, and I. Was oh, this is amazing! Right. Of course, she had great hair. Right, it's very common on Madison. All these names, right? Yeah. Yes. Generation of those names. Yeah. What is it that you most dislike? What is it just across the all board things. that I most dislike? Yeah. Cilantro. I mean, I'm sort of kidding because I can't think of something that I lo- dislike the most. That's yeah. crazy. I think, okay, I know what I dislike the most. Airports and hospitals. Oh. Airports and hospitals equal. And cilantro. <laughs> well, I just said cilantro because it was like, <laughs> it came to my mind as a joke. Yeah. But I think, I think, I think I hate airports more than hospitals. Isn't really? that funny? Yeah. Yes. I don't mind a plane. Right. I don't mind being away. I just don't like airports. I just... Yeah. yeah. What is your greatest regret? I mean, if I answer that question, then I have to acknowledge that regret is real, mm-hmm. you know? And that is terrible to, 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 mm-hmm. to recognize, you know? I think my greatest regret is that I didn't pursue a career in show business first mm-hmm. and I, career, I pursued this kind of crazy like second mm-hmm. prize which was fashion for me fashion was a second prize that's one of the really interesting parts about your memoir mm-hmm. I think is, is learning and that yeah. that you kind of you came to fashion because you decided that it was less you, terrifying than, than the show business yeah. I think it's because you know if somebody writes a criticism about your clothes it's like yeah well my clothes didn't but if they write a thing about mm-hmm. you yeah. mm-hmm. you know like in dance class when they go you're fat I want to go like okay I'm never going right. to go home now you know yeah. like when they scream at people in dance class like you better lose 
you know, seven pounds before you put on those white tights. And it's like, oh, like in the middle of class. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah, right. life is hard Your enough. thighs, how dare you, you know, right? <laughs> it's about you. No it's wonder you, you don't like your body. <laughs> I know. Of course, I mean, between the fashion wrong, models. Students, no, no stop them. between yeah. fashion models and ballet dancers. Right. Like, who could like their so own body? Yeah. yeah, exactly. No. Uh, how would you like to die? I think in my sleep. I mean, how would everybody like to die? Wouldn't you like to die in your sleep? I mean, who's going to say, I want to be drawn and quartered for three days? You know, because it's going to hurt that <laughs> we much. We haven't had that yet. You know what I mean? It's we like, have one last say, full experience like, of life. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I if I had one wish, I would be tortured in the eyeball for seven days until I die. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Oh, I just want to, yeah. like, go to sleep and die. Make it quick. Yeah. Right. And not know that I'm dying. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Yeah. 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 Or I would like to be put under, I would like to, be, or, or I would like to be put under by the vet who put Harry down Aww. because she did such an excellent Gentle. job. Gentle, and he was like, on stuff, and then he got the stuff and he went out. Yeah. I don't think vets are allowed to do that with people. I know, no, right? <laughs> right? That sucks. You can't check That's really in. Sucks. Yeah, next. yeah, unless it's a really dodgy vet. Bathroom, <laughs> 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 veterinary. Exactly. Um, what is your motto? Well, I mean, I don't really have a motto. What is the etymology of the word motto? Can you tell me? Where does it come from? That's a good question. It does. I mean, it doesn't sound Latinate or Greek based to me, except that mo m o t the French word for mo word. You know, is exactly. But I don't know that that's the etymology, so I don't know. It's also like moto, like motorcycle, like moto jacket. Moto jacket. (laughs) What's my motto? I think like you know, never bored, never boring. How's that? Fabulous. Is that okay? I bet everyone says that. No, they don't. Never bored, never boring. No. Actually, it's funny that some people are so invested and have really kind of fretted over this, to yeah. use a Jane Austen word. Yeah. And <laughs> said, well, let me think. Let me get back to you. Wait, I have one. I can't remember courage it right now. It's like if they live exactly. by it. Is it they wake up and then with courage yeah. is one? Yeah, something, and it's something yeah. about courage. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Please. Valor, truth, courage right. is overrated as well, I think. But. <laughs> So we add a question to this um, questionnaire, which is... What I adore is that you have some of them highlighted, uh, and oh. they're not even the ones that you're asking. Uh, so we move around. Oh, no, they actually oh, are. Oh, yeah. we try. But, but we do okay. try. But it yeah. would be so you to just have like certain Random ones. highlighted. Like, exactly. I'll be really curious to see what Isaac has to say about his motto. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> If we don't get to this one, we're in trouble. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, we're going to skip this one. Exactly. Yeah. I know it's so funny. Who would you like to see or hear hear respond to this questionnaire? A person. It's better if they're living for us. Much easier to do. I think it should be Grace Jones. Oh my God! Fully. That would be so in America, amazing. amazing. All right. Okay. All right. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. Like Fantastic. Isaac Mizrahi. He was a very formative presence in my life when I was 17 years old. I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. He was. No, actually, there was a remix of Slave to the Rhythm that was about an hour long that someone made for me Mm. and gave to me on a tape. Wow. I'd never seen her in Hours of pleasure. Hours of pleasure. (laughs) She'd be a great one. That seems very German somehow, too. (laughs) It's very French and German. It is. It's very very European. It's very European. Exactly, right. So we had a great... I'm like turning it to Nico. (laughs) Yeah, he's always like every other word is like... It's a scare quote. Exactly. But it's actually a European 
idea, idea and fantasy of, of America. Of course. Right. Which is interesting. But also black people. But also, let's yeah. say, like, just to pay tribute to Jessie Norman, who oh. just passed away, who started her career in Germany because mm-hmm. she was booked at the Munich Opera and had a huge success because she wasn't being booked, guess where, in America. Right. Of course. In 69. So in some ways, there's that weird coming back from Europe just as a Baker. black artist yeah. yes. and to make it in America when America wasn't exactly accommodating. She, she said the greatest yeah. thing in the I world. Started, I think, touring Europe. Jesse Norman said the greatest thing in the world at um, this Council of Fashion Designers, like, honored her, again, mm-hmm quotes, honored her for being so stylish or something. Oh. So ridiculous. And she got up and she was like, I'm not kidding, this is her whole speech. Oh, thank you very much for this award I didn't even know I wanted. That's what she said. <laughs> Isn't that so incredible? That's and amazing. she meant it. Like, she didn't apologize. She didn't. She just oh, said that and walked off. That's, it was great, right? That's being just that enormous. That is... Star quality. Right there. Star quality. Oh, I wish we could have gotten her for this podcast. I mean, you probably, it's probably done somewhere. Yeah. Don't you think she answered the Jewish questionnaire? If you look in the annals of Vanity Fair, or could we cobble it together from recorded st- sentences? Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Pretending? In different languages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw her perform in Berlin in 19. 19- in 89 I think someone gave us tickets we sat behind the stage in the Philharmonic on these cheap little chairs there were 50 minutes of applause she left oh, the room changed wow. her outfit walked back in and they were still applauding wow that's confidence it was deeply moving but it was <laughs> also the amazing. Berlin audience because she actually said something that I had my start in Germany so for me it's very moving and important to be back here and I didn't really know. I was sort yeah. of, okay, who is this? Oh, and then people were sort of, it was kind of a relationship between the audience and the star. Mm-hmm. She was grateful to them, and they showed the appreciation for 50 minutes. 5-0. Five, 5-0. Zero. Five, zero. Five, zero. It was really odd. I thought, okay, this is not, people can't be clapping. And she wasn't retiring. No, she walked out and came back in a different outfit. Oh I like that different part. Different wig. That's that's the be- yeah. Amazing. Because also, I'm sure that it wasn't was like a very, quick change into sweatpants. Like not could, so much. You know, no, it wasn't. A, it on. wasn't a kimono. Right. <laughs> it wasn't Lululemon. No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a feather trim kimono. A feather, although, although she probably had some of those. You know, you think of like Lily Langtree or something like you Lily, know going oh, off yeah. and taking her course off and coming. Out. Oh, are you still here? Oh, <laughs> this old thing. <laughs> this old thing. So thank you so much. Oh, thank yeah, you. Really thank fun. you, Isaac. It was we knew. Of my week. Great for us too. <laughs>